0: But, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm your basic average girl and I'm here to save the world you can't stop me because I'm Kim Possible oh there's uh... nothing I can't do I think it's uh, no one da- wait and when danger calls know that I am on my way doesn't matter where or when there's trouble if you just call my name impossible. It's a little after my time. I'm just doing a spoken word piece here. If you could give some me give me some snaps, that would be great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
0: You know, I'm alright. I'm I'm having a little bit of a an allergy deal this morning my throat's pretty itchy uh and i am kind of kind of puffy <laughs> oh no uh just just like eyes and stuff um my face tends to get a little puffy whenever i have allergies it's mostly around my eyes um is this like a yeah. pollen thing or did yeah, you inject it's a uh, okay. I, yeah, I'm thinking it's Paul. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like eat shellfish or something. I mean, I'm not allergic to shellfish, but I didn't eat something that I'm allergic to, as far as I know, unless Henry or Mizzy fed me something while I was sleeping, um, which is, you know, quite possible. But quite, I, uh, quite, quite yeah, Kim Possible, <laughs> exactly. Quite possible is Kim Possible's aunt on mm-hmm. White. Uh, <laughs> how about you? How are you?
1: Uh, I'm okay. I'm just, you know enjoying the constant rain that we've had so
0: it's raining there
1: yeah yeah see here's the interesting thing that most people don't know um it usually does not rain here in california sunny southern california but when it rains it just drizzles for like 48 hours so mm. we are on day 2 of it raining um and it it is pouring this morning but yesterday was intermittent drizzle all day. Um so it's a little uh hard to get going and motivated when uh you just have the tranquil white noise sounds of constant rainfall in the morning.
0: Yeah um yeah i think i would just stay in bed and (laughs) and and fall fall back to sleep that would be tough to get going i think uh so is the then the shot clock is is running out uh the, the 48 hours are soon to elapse or did it start i forgot if you said it started in the evening or started in the day yesterday
1: uh it started in the well in the early morning yesterday uh so it's been going for quite a while and it's actually a new weather system that moved in to make it rain even more uh the the main downside that makes one reluctant to get moving is mainly that uh the the roads are a disaster um because it doesn't rain so there's no infrastructure for getting the rain off of the roads in a nice orderly fashion
0: um, yeah, that's that's a good point. So the other day, um, I so there was a, a storm that moved through from the west coast over, or kind of, kind of, I think, uh, southwest area up, and it was pretty doggone terrible. Um, the tornado sirens were going all night. Um, uh, probably until about one thirty-two in the morning. Do you, uh, do you get
1: tornadoes around there?
0: Oh heck yeah, yeah. This I'm in Tornado Alley. Like this is this is uh, the this we aren't in Kansas anymore. We are <laughs> in Missouri. We are right in the in the midst of it. There are tornadoes all the time. Uh, and well, it's late for tornadoes, and so that's why it was kind of shocking. Um, Wait, like a season seasonally, it's late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Seasonally, it's late because we're well into fall. And usually those are going to be happening earlier than this. Um, And so, yeah, you know, I I knew that there was going to be a storm coming. I got the alert that, hey, there's going to be a thunderstorm pretty severe. Uh, And then later on, it was like, hey, this thunderstorm got more severe. Here's a special weather alert to let you know there's going to be dime size hail. And then the tornado sirens started going off, and my dogs, of course, do not like the the tornado siren. Um, and for folks who don't live in places where there are uh, tornadoes very often, you might not know how they work, but there's a tornado watch and a tornado warning. And a tornado watch is just um, when the National Weather Service says, Holy heck, there's a storm coming, and it is very capable of producing rotation, which, of course, would lead to a tornado. And then a tornado warning means, holy heck, we've noticed some rotation in the air. There is likely to be a tornado, or, holy heck, we see that a tornado has touched down, and you should all take shelter. So a tornado warning is what brings the sirens, where a tornado watch is just like, everybody get ready. Um I live in a one floor house and it's all, you know, it's spread out. I don't know. It's not quite ranch style, but anyway. um, So there's no basement or anything like that, which is typically what you, you know, you're told to do is to go to the basement and take shelter there. Um, And if you don't have a basement, then you go to an interior room in the home. Uh, My two interior rooms are the utility closet, which is jam packed with my um, my hot water heater and the central heating and cooling unit. So there's barely any room in there and there is what I just said in <laughs> there, uh, there's gold in them, there, <laughs> there, hills, uh, and then a coat closet. So, uh, Henry, Mizzy and I actually kind of had a, it was kind of fun, um, As fun as it can be, I guess, I put down some pillows on the floor in the coat closet uh, and got a blanket and got, you know, my necessary stuff in case a tornado were to destroy all of my home and I needed, you know, to to still survive and be able to like i don't know walk away from the house with some water and at least my computer uh and you know medicine and stuff like that and so we hung out in my coat closet on the floor uh on the, on this little pillow uh pallet i made for the three of us and uh they fell asleep which was nice because before they were really freaking out they were whining and looking at me like what the heck is going on so we went in there it was nice and dark and and quieter than it was elsewhere and yeah it was pretty good and i have a tree a huge tree in my backyard and part of it is dead um And so I was really nervous because some of the branches had fallen. And when I say branches, you're probably thinking like tiny little, you know, twigs and stuff. And when I say branches, I'm talking like multi-piece branches where it's, you know, a huge a thick around as my leg is the main branch and then little pieces branching off of it uh falling from the tree and i thought for sure this is going to bust through one of my windows it's going to fall into my roof this is not going to be good uh but luckily the tree for the most part except for the pieces that just fell to the ground held and um it was mostly just a very 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 powerful rainstorm and uh i never actually you know was anywhere near where the rotation was happening well i shouldn't say anywhere near i wasn't close enough to where the rotation was happening uh for things to be super bad so about two in the morning uh the storm had passed and we came out of the (laughs) we came out of the closet and uh crawled into bed and and went to sleep
1: yikes uh that's a little nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I don't deal with that on a regular basis because I think I would uh, not not cope with it you as just well have as earthquakes.
0: you. Quakes, no big deal. <laughs> well, we have actually, I,
1: I haven't had one in a really long time, and th- th- you know, we haven't had a big one in a very long time. So, which is why they say like, oh, well, that just means that when the next one, next big one happens, it's gonna be real big. Um, so that's a comforting thought, but. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's not great. Uh, in Florida, we would sometimes have water spouts or tornadoes, uh, not very often, not, uh, certainly not enough that there would be like a warning system for that specifically. Um, but usually, you know, the problem's hurricanes, uh, but that's kind of easy to deal with because you sort of see a uh, hurricane coming from a uh, very long distance away, and they can predict its route uh, to a certain extent. Yeah,
0: tornadoes are hard to predict. Ugh, that's, that's, I, like, ever since I was, and I think too, one, you know, if you live in Florida, then you are more prepared for hurricanes. Whereas if I were to go to Florida, why? If I were to go to Florida, <laughs> uh, um, my brother, my little brother lives there now, but if I were to go to Florida, um, I would, you know, during a hurricane, I'm sure I would not cope as well. But I can remember when I was like four, maybe three years old, which I know it's bizarre, but I swear I can remember it because it was frightening for me at the time. Um, Living out in the countryside uh, on my grandparents' farm and there being a tornado that led to a flood and us going into the interior room in the house and they had like put up um couch cushions on the door so that I wouldn't like cuz I was so young and they didn't want you know they were still going around like battening down the ha- hatches essentially and they didn't want me to leave the uh the the bathroom and um then there was also a flood that that took place at the same time and so you know the cushion was to help like keep water out of the bathroom while we were in there um and so like, I've been dealing with tornadoes since before I had to deal with them, essentially. So, I think that's why, you know, anyone who lives here is better prepared to handle that, or as people, you know, who are in hurricane areas are better de- prepared to deal with that. And I don't know about y'all in your wildfires like you do your best but that's that's just an awful experience i know and ugh, i i hate i hate that every time whenever someone's like yeah we can't breathe because there's been a horrible wildfire that's pretty frightening but my younger sister she is to this day cannot cope with um <laughs> with even like severe thunderstorms freaks her out
1: yeah well we i mean with wildfires uh the, uh, you know, it's it's like anywhere. There's going to be a natural disaster of some variety. Uh, but uh, the the wildfire thing is not a constant. Um, uh, but it always seems to happen right before it rains heavily. So then you get the mudslides, which is oh great brownie. Um, what brownie? Mudslides? No, 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 no. Uh, see, see what happens is if you. If you have a bunch of dry vegetation because c- it hasn't rained and the- it catches on fire and burns away, then you have nothing to hold down the dirt. So then, when oh. the rain system comes through after the horrible dry fire stuff, then then you have all of that loose dirt getting washed away downhill. Oh lordy! Yeah. So uh, I mean, I don't deal with that because uh, where I live is uh, very residential uh, and and developed um but uh, the the people who live in the hillier areas uh have to deal with that sort of thing in them there are hills yes in them there in them there <laughs> yeah, I not okay it's yeah it's hard to say it's 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 hard to say something incorrectly on on purpose but <laughs> uh, but we 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 should probably uh pivot to talking about technology instead of uh <laughs> natural disasters <laughs>
0: Before you do, there's, I can't, I can't like give too much detail, but it's funny how you're, you, you mentioning, um, it's hard to say something incorrectly. Uh, I was recently doing some, uh, voiceover stuff and, uh, a, an acquaintance of ours was sort of talking about how I tend to say words very precisely and very properly. And there was a word that, um, you know, I was pronouncing I was I, I, I'm very big about enunciation, And so he had to spell it incorrectly so that I would say it a little bit like more casual. Uh, and it was really funny because I, I popped back in to see the, you know, the VO script and read that word and then see it, you know, next to it. It had it like spelled in a more casual sense. And it it was funny um because I wanted to, you know, say it as if it were as if every consonant and every syllable and every uh vowel needed to be pronounced correctly and it's like no no no, just ease up a little bit but i was having trouble doing that so he misspelled it for me and that helped uh <laughs> helped <laughs> me figure it out it was fun um yeah let's talk about stuff
1: yes so i do think we the- want to
0: start with with food or do we want to start with um with heart health? <laughs>
1: Let's 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 uh let's start with heart health, and then we'll give ourselves a treat. Um, Excellent with some some food talk. So uh so today Apple, uh, well today um <laughs> in 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 whatever time this is recorded uh there 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 was a release of uh a watchOS update that uh includes the promised EKG feature and uh heart irregularity monitoring um the ekg feature is just for the series 4 watch it was a feature that was uh announced when the the, the watch was uh up on stage back in september um but uh, it wasn't going to ship for a while uh so now it's shipped uh the uh, thing is fda certified um but apple cautions you that it's not a substitute for your doctor and to uh just use the data with your doctor uh as 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 something to to get you to a doctor, not as a uh, replacement or constant diagnostic tool for emergency situations. Um, but uh, it's good that it's there. Uh, and the heart irregularity monitoring thing is actually kind of interesting because there's a little asterisk where it's like, if you know you have, uh, was it afibrillation? Like, don't use it. Um, and and it's just uh, to to see if something comes up and then go consult a doctor afterwards. So it's not quite the constant health monitoring that I thought it was going to be. Um but I'm interested to hear what your take on that is since uh I know that heart health is uh, a topic of great concern for you.
0: Yeah. Um so I think it's I think it's fascinating the way that Apple is uh is sort of putting this forth. Uh originally 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 when i didn't, hey. I
1: didn't spell that on your script like that,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, why didn't you write that out for me as i and all of my thoughts um originally, whenever they announced it, it seemed that it was more they were they were a little bit more bullish about it, maybe, um, and then sort of as I talked about it. Um, on, on different podcasts and things, I noticed that I personally got a lot of responses from folks who were like, this is not the, you know, the best tool ever, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it, it you know, it doesn't compare to what a doctor can do, et cetera, et cetera. And so I do wonder if, you know, as Apple has seen the conversations about this Feature and has continued to work with the f d a for uh the clearance, which is not the same as approval that maybe they're just trying to be extra especially incredibly careful um because there is a third party device, and the name escapes me at the moment um but it is a an e c g device where it's just like this little metal plate and you put your two fingers on it and i think it's like bluetooth connected to your phone um and it will do an ecg reading for you uh and what what is the uh
1: you probably know this but what is the difference between an ecg reading and an ekg reading
0: so ecg is electrocardiogram and ekg is uh is is for wait let me see No, I'm not sure. Yeah, ECG. I I, maybe they're both. Yeah, they're this. Why is it also called an EKG? Because I've only ever known it as ECG, but people would say EKG. And I'm seeing here it says electrocardiograms, also called ECGs or EKGs, are often done in a doctor's office. So I think they're the same thing, according to yeah, according to the Mayo Clinic or Mayo Clinic, they're the same thing. Electrocardiogram, ECG or EKG. Well, that's uh, that's I don't that's know why
1: annoying. I mean, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, why why is there a K? I mean, I think the K might be like I don't know. Well, that's just weird because if you <laughs> if you have the if you have the 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 because the, the whole entire time I'm like, oh well, the watch can do an EKG, but it can't do an ECG, and then it's like, well, if it's the the same friggin' thing, then why are we debating that? But uh, yeah,
0: yeah no I'm I'm double checking because I'm like, I do not want to be wrong. Um. So there's Mm -hmm. there's an article that says the fact of the matter is uh, there is no difference between an ECG and an EKG. (laughs) So for some reason they have used a K, but C is the correct one because electrocardiogram is electro C A R D I O gram. Um. So yeah, no difference. But an electrocardiogram, there are differences between types of electrocardiograms. So there's the twelve lead electrocardiogram which is the one where that's the one when i went to the emergency room uh and they strapped all of these different little uh you know plastic things connected to wires to me all over my body and it does a better job of sensing the electrical impulse of my heart rate to determine if there is um if there is some sort of arrhythmia uh it it shows the timing of the heartbeat in the upper and lower chambers of your heart. Um, so obviously a 12 lead ECG or EKG, why don't we just throw any letter in there? EMG, uh, it will, EGG, it will allow you to um, to get a better reading of that. Whereas a single lead ECG, EKG, EGG is not going to provide the level of accuracy. Um. So, what I was saying in in the first place is just that it seemed like Apple was a little bit more forthright with this, and or not forthright, but like more confident about it. And then as time has gone on, they are being way more careful than they originally seemed to be. But other third party single lead ECG, EKG, EGG uh, devices do not seem to have that same kind of thing. And, and I think that's, that's probably just Apple being careful. Um, because of course I know that touching my finger to a a tiny little, you know, digital crown with this wrist that's on my, with this watch that's on my wrist is not the same as going to the doctor, but not everybody is going to be thinking that way. And there are a lot of folks who have a level of health anxiety that may uh, you know rear itself as um, as full on hypochondria or somewhere else along that scale and will use this device to sort of like oh no i'm you know there's something wrong, I need to go to the doctor right now, and so I think it's just a matter of sort of Apple making sure that they're not doing uh too many false positives, and the idea is like. They I I think that, you know, any company doesn't ever want to hold themselves responsible for somebody's death. And (laughs) so for someone who, like me, has had arrhythmia issues in the past, if that's been a factor for me and I do an ECG, EKG, blah, 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 and it's showing that there's not an arrhythmia and then I go to the doctor because my heart's still being weird and then it turns out I do have one, then if I didn't know better, I'd be like, well, Apple told me it wasn't an issue. And they don't want to be responsible for that. So I think that that's where that kind of comes into play. Because regardless of anything, it's going to do... like it, It's not as if they're putting a little toy into your phone, like a toy feature into your phone. It, it's not an elevator open door button that's actually doing something. You know what I mean? And so... This, you know, they, they've put work into making this feature,
1: but are you, are I you think... saying elevator door open buttons don't do something? Oh, shoot. I mean door close <laughs> buttons. Door oh. close
0: buttons. <laughs> <laughs> door close button. Sorry,
1: um, uh, oh, it, uh, I mean, still, I think. I mean, they, they do something just like on a delay. Uh, it doesn't, no,
0: I don't think it's real. No, it, I it think never, they're fake.
1: It just never closes. Like if you see somebody coming and you don't want somebody else in the elevator with you because of anxiety in a small space, like it doesn't it doesn't work. Listen, um,
0: if I was typing to you right now, I'd be putting applause emoji in between each of these words as I say, elevator door close <laughs> buttons aren't real. <laughs> conspiracy but it is a conspiracy like mops uh, um it's but... a
1: conspiracy by the by the building lobby uh oh get 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 it because the, the building, building has a lobby, lobby. yeah, lobby. yeah. <laughs> and yeah
0: oh, so anyway my uh all of that is to say i think that this is a a feature that's going to be helpful and i'm certainly going to use it but i know that it's not a replacement for my doggone doctor
1: yeah Um, And I understand why they might be reluctant, because who doesn't want to have a class action lawsuit against the most profitable company? Well, second most, because now I think they've been passed by Microsoft or whatever, but um, that stuff fluctuates, so who cares? Uh, But yeah, it 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 would certainly be an attractive lawsuit, um, and I'm sure they still probably will get sued, but uh, (laughs) good good to have some disclaimers, I guess. Uh, But... It's interesting to have those disclaimers now as opposed to like back in September when it's like here's the head of the American um what was it the American uh heart uh Institu- Oh wait. yeah, I
0: think so. He was or yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it, uh, was, the president it, it, of it, it, Apple ECG president heart, let's see. Yeah,
1: it it was it was a it was a uh a, a head honcho. Um uh of the heart, uh, the heart honcho.
0: Yeah, the president of the American Heart Association, Dr. Ivor Benjamin, or Ivor. Maybe it's Ivor
1: Benjamin. I think it's Ivor. Um, but, uh, but they had him out on stage being like, hey, this is great. And it's like, okay, well, that seems like a rather large endorsement. Um, uh, but th- there seems to be quite a few asterisks, uh, when the thing shipped. But that's, that's fine. I mean, it's better than not having it, uh, better than a stick in your eye. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the... It's it's just an interesting thing that they have sort of these minor disclaimers, like twelve
0: pages of hey, here's what this does, and here's what it doesn't do, and don't let this be the replacement for going to your doctor. Okay, I know, I know, but some people don't, so that's that's good yeah. that it's there.
1: Yeah, uh, you need you need that legal protection, um, and uh, but but I'm but I'm glad it's shipped. So let's talk about. Food. Let's talk about our treats. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about treats. Uh num nom num. It's cookie time. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so a while back you and I were chatting about cookies um, and decided that we should talk about it on the podcast. Uh I would like to know maybe maybe like what is your favorite cookie just in general? And then what is your favorite sort of off the beaten path cookie? so just like it's not it's not a typical cookie that you that you you know you can go to the store and get necessarily, but it's a type of cookie that you've had before or it's one that you've made or it's one that you like um, that's just not you know uh, a typical everyday kind of thing.
1: okay, so I don't have much of a sweet tooth uh, as has been established on on this before, so I don't usually go out of my way to have a cookie at all, ever. But um, I do like uh, oatmeal raisin cookies and derivatives of oatmeal raisin cookies, like oatmeal cranberry nut cookies or whatever. Like, you know, there is a category that is oatmeal something cookie. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't like oatmeal chocolate chip cookies because I feel like that is crossing the streams a little bit. Uh, I, I prefer those to be separate items, um, with the exception of white chocolate, because that's not really a chocolate. Uh, it's just a lump of fat. So it's fine <laughs> that it's in an oatmeal raisin cookie, but I don't like uh, uh, your your milk chocolate or uh, your your dark chocolate or uh, bittersweet, etc., inside of oatmeal cookies. Uh, I prefer those in the, the traditional chocolate chip cookie setting. Um now having said that uh I really love snickerdoodles uh because mm-hmm. I like the the cinnamoniness um I don't like regular sugar cookies uh, I find them to have almost no flavor and just sort of be sweetness um which doesn't doesn't do anything for me but there's something about the cinnamoniness of a snickerdoodle that is appealing uh and I also when i was a kid really liked white chocolate macadamia nut cookies um which is pretty basic uh i know uh, Miss, Miss, mrs fields is calling but uh that that's uh that was a favorite of mine as a as a youth um as a youth, uh but the uh <laughs> the the off the beaten path stuff i would say um for cookies that i appreciate or things like thumbprint cookies uh which my mother and my aunt used to make a lot um where you basically have like uh, a roll of dough that you slice into little coins and then you put a thumbprint impression and then put uh some preserves uh on it Ooh. and then you you bake those things off for like a second um they, they they don't really get like crispy or crunchy or anything they're very soft and they mostly just taste like uh sharp tart uh fruit preserves um so i i, I like I like those ones, but I would say that that that's not exactly a traditional cookie because you know you, you you generally want something that has a little more structure. I feel like than than that uh, shortbreads are fine. Uh, gingerbread is meh. I don't really care. I'd rather have a ginger snap. The only reason to have gingerbread men is to to bite off their heads. Uh, so <laughs> that's more of an aesthetic thing uh, than than like a taste or texture thing. I think
0: um, it's more of a masochistic thing, but yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, and then if you're having animal crackers, you have to dismember them, too. Um, but again, that's not really like because I love the taste of animal crackers. It's just because you can bite off the trunk of the elephant and the head of the giraffe and like all the normal things that you do. Um, also, please don't tweet at me. I meant sadism,
0: not masochism. I know mm-hmm. the difference. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think
1: anyone... I, don't, I mean... Sure, there's one person writing it right now. But uh, <laughs> so it's like, no, I'm
0: not I'm not a sadist, but I am a masochist, and I need you to be correct about this. <laughs> uh,
1: how dare you insult my 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 cookie preferences. But uh <laughs> I I I, I, but I would say that, that that's the general thing. And recently on Accidental Tech Podcast, there's been a kerfuffle over Italian desserts, and um oh. I would just like to say that they're completely wrong and that there are a lot of delicious Italian cookies and other confections uh not all of them but uh many of them uh my mom uh and grandmother used to make uh biscotti uh my mom still does around the holidays although she like burns half of them Aren't so those, i don't like, like dry? those they it depends um you you can have ones that are like rocks uh that you definitely need to dunk inside of coffee or tea in order to to loosen them up um enough to <laughs> like bite into them uh and then there's other ones where that it's, it's generally softer so you can just eat it um as it is, but it's generally meant for dunking into a Bev. Interesting.
0: I'm still a little stuck on cookie sadism, but um, I, I, yeah. Interesting. Biscotti, biscotti. I'm not, I'm not a big biscotti person. I do like, what is it? The kind where you, it's got like melon in it and it fill, you fill a, like a, like a pastry puff thing in the middle. Um, Oh golly, I can't think melon. of what it's called. Yeah, I think it's got. Me- I think it's like it's like a cream cheese, and then like you mix melon into it. Uh, uh Italian I... melon <laughs> uh, pastry.
1: <laughs> this is very interesting. I, yeah, I cannoli, cannoli.
0: What? What does that have yeah. to do with? I I just was thinking about it. I was just thinking about cannoli. I thought you put, I'm pretty sure you use, uh, (laughs) you use uh, ricotta cheese and melon and some other stuff and you mix it uh, into the the filling and you put it inside of a cannoli. uh,
1: I don't think melon is a traditional filling. Ricotta is, um, but I don't think melon is. Also, I would consider a cannoli to be a pastry instead of uh, a cookie.
0: Yeah, it's certainly not a cookie. It just came to mind because biscotti. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I could have sworn it was melon. I don't know why I'm thinking that.
1: All right. Anyway, um... I mean, I like cannolis, <laughs> though, but uh, Jason doesn't like them. He thinks they just tastes like wontons um, that have oh, ricotta in them. And he hates the te- he hates the texture of ricotta and he feels like it has no flavor.
0: I don't I don't blame him for that. I've had I've had good cannoli and I've had bad cannoli. Uh the last time cannoli entered my life, however, um I had purchased a uh fake cannoli treat for um it was just one dog at the time and uh it was so I mean it was like you I went to one of those, you know, fancy treat stores where they make fun things and i got a cannoli henry ate it it was he ate part of it and it must have been too rich and he ended up throwing up so i yeah cannoli and i don't get along quite uh quite as much but anyway in terms of cookies um so right now my uh boyfriend is in australia which means that he's not in you know on the same continent which is good because he has a peanut allergy and my favorite cookie is a peanut butter cookie um so while I'm still free to move about the country with my peanuts um I went ahead and made some gluten-free peanut butter cookies and uh it was my first time making peanut butter cookies that were gluten-free I like I've made peanut butter cookies in the past but this was my first uh, time doing it this way and I was really happy with how they turned out and we've talked before I too am usually not like a huge sweet tooth person. I think I might be more than you are because like, I do have my specific treats that I like like cinnamon Imperials for some God awful reason. Um, I might as well just drink mineral oil because that's practically what they are. Uh, Mineral oil and cinnamon flavor. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, Yum. But yeah, yummy, yummy. I don't know why I like them. I'm a broken human, but um, I, so I do have a little bit more of a sweet tooth, but when it comes to like, So with something like Cinnamon Imperials, I can (laughs) irresponsibly smash uh, a little container of those, like a little box of those, like a movie theater-sized box of those in like three days. Um, But when it comes to sweets, like if I make a pie or cookies or cake or something, it usually like nine-tenths of it goes to waste uh, because I have like a piece of it and then I'm done and then you know friends that I do have in town which are are few and far between have either not liked it or have been out of town or you know all these different reasons why it ends up going to waste and so I feel kind of bad cuz like I enjoy making things but I don't necessarily enjoy eating them however I put up the post about I think it was like two truths and a lie and um I was talking about how I was going to end up eating All of these peanut butter cookies in one sitting. I did not eat 24 peanut butter cookies in one sitting. However, I did eat all 24 peanut butter cookies over the course of the time that I had them, which is like it is incredibly rare for me to ever eat that many sweets. Just I usually get sick of it pretty soon, but Mm -hmm. I really like peanut butter cookies and I was happy with how they turned out and they were good. And a lot of times, um, I, uh, a lot of times what I'll do is take them and put actual peanut butter on them and then eat them that way. Uh, um, do you make a little <laughs> oh. little sandwich? Yeah, like a peanut butter sandwich with peanut butter cookies on either side because it's yeah. peanut butter. Uh, but when it comes to non-typical uh, cookies, any sort of lemon cookie. I I really like lemon things in general and uh, lemon cookies. I made like a gluten-free lemon drop cookie before. Um, and then in the past, I've made like lemon crinkle cookies and, and that kind of thing. I really mm-hmm. do dig lemon and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there was there was a company out of Key West that made Key Lime cookies that you could find in the grocery store. Um, I think mm-hmm. they're still widely available, but uh, it, that that was always interesting but uh not exactly my bag um but uh I, I i mean i like citrus uh i just i don't know i don't usually have a lot of citrus cookies uh but i do i've had uh gluten-free peanut butter cookies before and i have to say that of the gluten-free cookies that i've had um <laughs> i feel i feel like peanut butter gluten-free cookies are hold up the best um there's something about them texturally that i find Uh, still works. Whereas some things that, you know, some gluten-free cookies, uh, because of the substitution, wind up being a little not exactly what you would want for that category. Like, I haven't really had like a good gluten-free chocolate chip cookie that I like. But uh, there's something about, I guess, the sandiness or the soft, chewy texture of a peanut butter cookie that winds up working well? Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and like the base of uh, it, because peanut butter kind of serves more as the base than the flour does. That's what makes it, I think, work better mm-hmm. um, with, you know, with a gluten-free dough. Uh, so one question I'll ask you, I know we are running out of time, but I do, I'm curious uh, where you fall along the spectrum of underbaked to overbaked. So do you prefer a more chewy doughy cookie or a more crispy crunchy cookie
1: well or somewhere in between well here's the thing um it depends on the cookie category when it comes to but to to limit the discussion to to chocolate chip cookies let's say Mm -hmm. um i prefer thin and crispy around the edges with a soft middle but but still thin Mm -hmm. um uh as opposed to thick cakey cookies um or thick cookies that are dried out, uh, which I also don't like. Um,
0: Yeah, uh, thick dried out cookies are disgusting to me. Um, I'm actually right there with you. Uh, If I'm gonna most cookies, I like that way. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of crunchy cookies in general, because it's like Cap'n Crunch, they cut the crap out of the roof of my mouth. And so if I want to have a cookie, I don't want it to hurt me, other than you know how it's hurting me because there's too much sugar in it, but yeah. uh, I don't want it to hurt my mouth. <laughs> and so that's why I'm not big about um, super crunchy cookies. But yeah, I like that nice crispy edge and then it's chewy in the middle, but not doughy. I, like yeah. Snickerdoodles are, for me one of the hard not not for me in terms of like making them but when i've had snickerdoodles like i'm very picky i'm very 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 picky about the the way that a snickerdoodle is made because i do not like doughy snickerdoodles but i also don't like crunchy cookies and so i need it to be like right in the middle and a lot of times people end up making those so doughy and i don't like it
1: yeah i find that they're often underbaked um especially if you're getting them from uh like if there's like an office thing and they're bringing in like store bought uh stuff from the local grocery store those are 100% all of the time underbaked uh for for my my personal preference uh mm-hmm. they they just like you said they they're just like barely toasted dough um it, it it's not good uh but if it's a homemade uh snickerdoodle usually it has the appropriate texture that I uh, I'm I'm fine with. But uh, uh again, it's a preference of f- flavor with the cinnamon in that rather than um necessarily uh a statement about the the wonderful quality and uh availability of them uh in the marketplace. Uh so obviously, uh d- don't run out to your local Ralphs or Kroger's or whatever and get a snickerdoodle because you heard me talk about it on this podcast because it's <laughs> not going to be good
0: see i and I so it's interesting, as I've been uh baking different things um I've had a lot of uh a lot of sort of feedback about wow, wow, you know you're making this 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 looks cool, this looks good, and I'm curious why more folks and maybe like i I've been baking for a long time, I used to do a cake decorating business, et cetera, so I do have like a lot of supplies and things like that, and a little bit of know how but for the most part. It's like following recipes. And when it comes to uh, making gluten-free stuff, I've had pretty good luck just subbing in. So I guess I I thought this was a rant, but really it sounds like it's more of just a a sort of pro tip thing. Um, If you are gluten-free and you are listening to this show, which that might be a small group there. But anyway, um, (laughs) I think that uh, you might... Find that just by subbing in gluten-free uh, ingredients, it ends up working out. And so, using a gluten-free flour uh, and and making sure that the other things that go into it are gluten-free, that works. When I made the peanut butter cookies, I found I did some research to find like a really well-received uh, peanut butter cookie recipe online, and I subbed in my gluten-free ingredients, and they turned out really great. Um, so yeah, you might try that. Like they've gotten a lot better about figuring out how to replicate, you know, glutinous flour with gluten-free flour and, you know, having the same sort of consistencies and things like that. Whereas it used to be more difficult, it's not as much. So you oftentimes can, um, can get a similar experience with a gluten-free dough.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, but I think I'm just going to stick with my plan of not actually baking. anything. Yes.
0: That, oh, that works, too. I thought yeah. you were going to say with using gluten stuff. And I'm like, yeah, if you don't. Oh, have, well, yeah. If you're but, not intolerant, please keep eating gluten. I would do it if I could. Yeah. I made a uh, oat bread the other day and it did not turn out. And I was very sad. Um, but See, I think, I think I, my yeast was not great.
1: I have to say that bread is by far the worst gluten free item that you can have. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just, there's a part of me that just gets sad thinking about it because, uh, the other day when I was on the extra special episode of clockwise, uh, that, that you were hosting, uh, with Brian (laughs) Hamilton and we were talking about, uh, kitchen gadgets. We talked about the instant pot and Jason was supposed to be making gluten-free cornbread in the other room. Well, little did I know that he had given up on that plan and instead we were having, uh, slices of. Gluten free bread from uh, a fancy grocery store called Erewhon. And not only is that incredibly expensive for like a meager amount of bread, but it sucks. It is just a tasty, weird.
0: Ew.
1: Ew, 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 ew. Like, it it just coats your mouth because they they use like (laughs) coconut flour and coconut oil in order to make it happen. It doesn't taste coconutty though.
0: Yeah, you have to be careful with. Coconut uh I'm not gonna get into it. Coconut oil is it's overhyped and it's it's overhyped as a as a food product. And I I'm not pleased with how much like the the marketing surrounding coconut oil just has people putting coconut oil in everything and every possible <laughs> food item and a beverage item for God's sake. Uh yeah, coconut
1: oil, it's anyway <laughs> yeah um but uh we'll wrap this up i just want uh before we go though i i do want to uh mention that uh i had blogged for the first time in months um about uh apple tv stuff so if anybody is like i need i need to hear that ranting raving nonsense then uh go to uh joe-steel.com and uh there's on every tv in dongletown you'll ha- you'll have that it's uh just usually the same stuff that i always say so uh, <laughs> no no point in recapping that let's just talk about uh baked goods uh <laughs> but uh, uh yeah
0: check that out find the link in the show notes
1: yeah yeah but uh but that's that's it. Uh just we'll we'll end on a high note of uh please avoid gluten-free bread um as much as possible and uh <laughs> seek out delicious cookies uh, this holiday season.
0: And take care of your heart. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. What if you made a heart-shaped gluten-free cookie?
0: Oh. Yeah. That would that would be heartwarming.
1: Yeah. You could call them E-cookie G's. Oh, my God. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>